This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Ezra chapter 7. It's been some years ago that we did a study of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. And one of the characters in those three chapters or three books was this man Ezra. And there are some characteristics about Ezra that we ought today uh, put into practice in our lives. <clears throat> in about 531 B.C., Cyrus decided by the hand of God, by the guidance of God, that he would allow the children of Israel to return back to Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar had come in and he had defeated and overthrown Jerusalem. Uh, the nation of uh, Judah and Benjamin carried them into captivity. That was the southern kingdom of the nation of Israel. They were in captivity 70 years. And then Cyrus, Cyrus came to the throne and he uh, began to let the children of Israel or the tribes of Judah and Benjamin come out of that captivity. One of the great things about that is speaks in chapter 1 how that God moved Cyrus to do that. Of course, that had been prophesied by the prophet Jeremiah that they would be in captivity 70 years and then Cyrus would come to the throne and he would let the people go. And they came out in three groups. The first group was uh, under Zerubbabel. He was the leader of that first group. The second group that came out of captivity was under the leadership of Ezra. And then finally, the last group came out as uh, Nehemiah would move them or bring them back to uh, the promised land. Uh, if you notice here in chapter 7, <clears throat> I want you to begin reading with me in verse number 6. Ezra chapter 7, verse number 6. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was already scribed in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all his requests, according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. There went up some of the children of Israel, and of the priests, the Levites, the singers, the porters, and Nethanams, unto Jerusalem in the seventh year of Artaxerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was the seventh year, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> which was the seventh year of the king. And upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon, and to the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem, according to the good hand of his God upon him. Now watch verse 10. Verse 10 says, For, you ought to have that word circle, for. For is a word that says we need to think about what's been discussed earlier. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach it uh, or teach in Israel statutes and judgments. You know, it's a good thing for us to go back from time to time into the Old Testament and look at lessons that we learned there from the people in the Old Testament. Of course, we do not live by the Old Testament. Uh, <clears throat> we know that in Colossians 2 and verse 14 that Christ took that old law out of the way, nailed it to the cross. 
And what we're, what we're thinking about is things that were done in the past that we need to have. We need to learn from them today. Uh, in Romans chapter 15 and verse number 4, it says, For whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning. You know, we look back at history, we see things that took place, and then we do things, uh, either if they were good, we try to emulate them, or if they were bad, we try to stay away from them. In our lesson today, I want us to think about this man, Ezra. Think about his heart. There in verse number 10, For Ezra had prepared his heart. We're going to be talking about the heart of Ezra. And I believe there's some good lessons that we can all learn from thinking about what Ezra, what his heart uh, was like, and try to develop hearts along that same line. So we began our, our lesson looking at point number one, Ezra prepared his heart. What does that mean? What does it mean when you say you prepare your heart? Well, it's much like uh, the soil. If we're going to plant seeds uh, in soil, we go out and we prepare that soil. We work on it. We uh, uh, fertilize it. We make it ready for receiving the seed so that it might grow. And it's also important to prepare our hearts. In James chapter 1, there in verse number 21. Here the Bible is, and if we read further into James chapter 1, we would notice that James was talking about looking into the perfect law of liberty and either continuing in it or going away from it. Notice what he says in verse 21. He says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Notice he said, you put aside certain things. You put aside filthiness, superfluity of naughtiness. And what do you do? You received. You received the word so that it might grow in your hearts. First Corinthians, we've been looking at this morning. First Corinthians chapter 3. There it talks about how that these people were not able to grow yet because they had not allowed their hearts to grow. They had not prepared their hearts to receive more than the fundamentals of the faith. They were still babes in Christ. So it says here that this man had prepared his heart. You know, I ask this question, what about us? Do we prepare our hearts to look into the Word of God? That's a serious matter. When we talk about having a Bible study, I'm talking about individual, personal Bible study. Do we prepare our hearts as we go into into the Word of God, preparing our hearts to say, whatever the Bible says, I'm I'm going to be willing to do that. I'm going to be willing to put that into my heart and let it become part of my life. I want you to turn with me over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And of course, you remember here with the brethren at Thessalonica, <clears throat> Paul had established the church there at Philippi, uh, and trouble came. He left Philippi, went down to Thessalonica, and the, and the trouble followed him. They were persecuted time and time and time again. But I want you to notice that this persecution did not stop these people. Why? Because their hearts were right. Their hearts were uh, attuned to doing the will of God no matter what. Notice there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 6. 
Here it says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but uh, in every place your faith to God was spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves showed us what manner of entering we had under you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now my point in this is their hearts were right. They wanted to know what God would have them do. Now, why would I say their hearts were right? Well, persecution. Persecution came to them. Uh, Paul had uh, come down there, and these people had followed him causing problems. And even uh, later it talks about <clears throat> how they went to the, to the house of Jason and he brought, they brought him out because they wanted to know where Paul was. They were in the mindset of stopping the spread of the gospel of Christ. But notice what it said about these people. Verse 6 said they learned the Word of God. They, it says, and you became followers of us having received the Word, it says, in much affliction. They received the Word. Why? Because their hearts were right. They wanted to know what God would have them to do. They were willing to learn. But also, uh, they were willing then to teach what they had learned. Think about that. Paul was persecuted. They, those people had come down to Thessalonica. Uh, persecution was there. Why? Because he was teaching the Gospel of Christ. Now, what did these people do after they received the Word, after they had learned the Word and obeyed the Word? It says they became teachers. Verse number 7 says, "...so that ye were examples to all that believed in a Macedonian Caia, for from you sounded out the Word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Caia, but in every place your faith to God Word is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything." First of all, they learned, and then they went out and they taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even in persecution, their hearts were right. Their hearts were willing to do whatever it took to be obedient to the Lord. Verse number 9 tells us that they were then willing to worship and to serve. They turned from idols to serve the true and living God. And then in verse number 10, the Bible says they were waiting for the return of Christ. In other words, they were properly waiting for Christ to come. Why? Because they had prepared their hearts to receive the Word and to live the Word of God. Ezra, it says, he had prepared his heart. You know, we need to, we need to think about that. Think about this idea of our heart. Making sure that we are preparing our hearts for whatever comes before us. And the idea there is you're, you're prepared for those difficult times. You're prepared for the times of joy in your Christianity. But notice again back in our text there in Ezra, <clears throat> chapter 7, verse 10. He had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. We need to have hearts that are seeking God's Word. What does that mean? Well, that means I go out of my way to make sure that I listen to what God has to say. And of course, that comes from looking and studying the Word of God. Learning and obeying begins with my heart. I have to make sure my heart is right. 
I need to make sure that I'm seeking after truth. And that takes a heart that's seeking that which is right. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. You know, we need to be determined to look for and seek the Word of God. In Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, Apply thine heart to understanding. Also in Proverbs 4 and verse 4, there it says, Let thine heart retain my words. Also in Proverbs 4 and verse number 23, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Have we prepared our hearts? Are we seeking with our heart? What does it mean when we say we're going to seek? We're going to seek it. Well, that means we're going to do everything that we possibly can. One person said a long time ago, he said, "When, when you seek a thing, you're willing to do whatever it takes to find what you're seeking. You turn over every stone, you look behind everything that might hide it, and you remove those things so that you can see and take what you're looking for. I suppose if I were to ask what we're looking for, what are we looking for? Well, we're looking to go to heaven. That's really the bottom line of our life. Wanting to go to heaven. How do we do that? Well, we seek the Word of the Lord. We go out of our way to come to know what God would have us do. That idea of seeking. I think when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, where it says that without faith it is impossible to please Him, for all that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He rewards those who diligently seek Him. It didn't, it didn't say seek Him, but diligently from the depth of our heart, looking for what God would have us do. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, there the Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given, uh, given you, seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You see, God has made a promise to us. The point is this, are we willing to do whatever it takes to seek God, to look to His Word, to know what is truth. And I, I you know, I, I know I ask this question far too often, but I, I really think it's the it's the heart and soul of our Christianity. How often do we study the Word of God? I'm not talking about the hour we have or the forty five minutes we have on Sunday morning in a Bible class or a couple of hours uh, on Sunday during our worship as we have lessons together. But I'm talking about if I'm, really, if I'm really seeking truth, if I'm really seeking the Word of God, I'm going to spend more time than just that short uh, number of hours. I'm going to be spending some time. I remember going back to that passage, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, where it speaks there about diligently, diligently seeking the Word of God. Making sure that our hearts are right. You know, the Bible tells us in uh, Genesis chapter 6 that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What does that mean? That means that his heart was right. He was striving to do what God would have him do. And that's why it said that he walked with God. Making sure that we 
are striving to do the things that God would have us do. When you think about this idea of seeking, think about Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, but also think about the man Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. What did he do? The Scripture tells us in verse number 33, he said, you know, I sent for a teacher. I heard that and I sent for you. Why? I want to hear the Word. I want to hear the truth. I want to hear the Word of God. You know, there was a time in our country, in, in the church, there was a time when if there was a gospel meeting somewhere in the area, that building would be filled to the brim. It might not be a building if you're out in the country. It might just be a brush arbor that people got under. But they were going, they were seeking, and going out of their way to find the truth. You know, I think about the Ethiopian eunuch. In Acts chapter 8, there in verses 26 through 38. Notice what he says in verses 30 and 31. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? Then it says, And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Notice he said, he desired. That's from the heart. He wanted wanted Philip to come up and explain to him what he was reading. How can I except someone explain to me? There's a heart. There's a heart that's looking for the truth. Ezra was a man who prepared his heart. He was seeking truth. He looked after truth. You know, some today don't love truth, so they don't seek truth. Because if some people see truth, that means they're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to do it or am I not going to do it? If I don't know about it, I'll just go about my business and not be too worried about it. But I need to open God's Word. James chapter 1. There when we read about that man who looked in the perfect law of liberty. Uh, there, there was a wise man and a foolish man, as we read, would read about in Matthew chapter 7, 21 and following. But but the wise man, what did he do? He looked into that perfect law of liberty, and he says he continued therein. Not being a forgetful here, one that goes away and forgets the things that he has seen. Brethren, a heart desiring to please God will look into the mirror and be honest and say, I need to make some changes. Rather than trying to change God's Word to fit My lifestyle. Well, let's look at our third point. What kind of heart do I need? I need a heart that will obey. Not only prepare my heart to seek the truth, but then to obey. Now, notice what we find in Romans 6, in verse number 17. Romans chapter 6, verse 17. The Bible here says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed, from the heart, that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. What does it mean to obey from the heart? What does it mean? Well, it means I have looked for truth. I have sought truth. I want truth. And when I find it, I'm willing to obey it. I'm, I'm willing to do and, and obey from the heart. Now listen carefully. If you don't get anything else, get this this morning. Do you know I can obey and do something that I've been commanded to do and it still not be right? 
You know, my, my dad sometimes would tell me to do a certain thing. Well, I went, I did it, but I didn't like it. I fussed about it to myself. I didn't like it at all. Well, even though I obeyed what he said, my heart was not right. My heart was not in that. And as soon as I could make some changes in that, I would strive to do that. But obeying from the heart means I've seen it, I believe it, and I'm willing to do whatever it says, whatever it takes to be obedient to God. You know, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, when people heard that, the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? That means their hearts were touched. They had hearts that were soft. In other words, they were willing to do whatever it is that God would have them to do. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 6, we have somewhat of a definition of what we're talking about. Here the Bible says, "...not with eye service as men-pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart." Not doing it just so somebody will say, oh boy, look, look what he's doing. Doing it because we want to please God. Going back to my dad, that illustration. You know, when, when he would say something, I ought to have done that because I wanted to please my father. I, want, I wanted to, to do something that made him uh, happy. same thing is true with God. We need to make sure that we're doing these things to please God. You know, we, we, we've used this illustration before, but I think it's a good illustration when we talk about from the heart. You know, we, we talk about giving as we have prospered on the first day of the week. You know, I could, I could put my entire bank account in there. It would, would be a whole lot. But it, if I put it all in there and I was, I was, I was doing it begrudgingly, fussing about it, well, I, I, I had put it in the... But, but it wasn't right. I didn't do it in a proper ma- uh, manner, uh, attitude. The same is true with this. You do it from the heart because you want to please God more than you want to please self or someone else. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, we find an illustration here dealing with the idea of obeying. You remember King Saul had been told to go and and completely destroy Agag and all of of his armies. Don't spare anything. What did Saul do? He went, he destroyed, but he didn't do all that God told him to do. He did not do all that God told him to do. Samuel came to him and said, uh, What do I hear? What is the meaning of this bleeding of these sheep? Well, he, was, he, wasn't, he said, Well, I brought some back so I could make sacrifices. Well, God said, Destroy it all. You see, he didn't obey God. He did what he thought he wanted to do. In, in this verse, First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty-two, and, and Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now, take that. It says, Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Is he saying sacrifices are not important? Why, no. But he's saying obeying is better than those things we do. But why? Why would he say that? 
Because, brethren, when we are obedient, we're going to do everything. If I'm obedient to God, I'm not going to leave anything out. I'm not going to leave one single solitary thing out in my work for Him. Obeying is, uh, is the first consideration. Obeying Him. But then what? Uh, everything else will fall into place. If I set my mind on obeying the Lord, everything else will fall into place. You know, I've said this a lot of times, talking to people who want to get married. You know, I, I ask the question, why do you want to get married, young lady? Well, because I love him. I, young man, why do you want to marry? Because I love her. Well, that's good. But the number one priority is, do you love God above mankind? Are you willing to really demonstrate your love? Because if we love God the way we ought to, then we're going to love one another as we ought to. We're going to be doing the things that God would have us do the way God intends for us to do if we keep our priorities right. And to obey Him, to obey Him is because what? John 14, verse number 15. What did Jesus say? If you love Me, keep My commandments. I demonstrate My love to the Lord when I am keeping the commandments that have been given. So therefore, I need to have an obeying heart no matter what. No matter what comes up, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord. Not going to change what God has said. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 22, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Here's a question. How much of that truth do I have to obey? Well, I can't leave anything out. Because if I leave it out, I'm not obedient. I'm just picking and choosing what I would like to do, what, what appeals to me, what I think is right. But I'm to do every single thing that God has for me to do. And then the last point in our lesson this morning is I need to have a heart ready to teach the Word of God. That's what, that's what Ezra had. That's what he's going to do. He's going to put back in place the law of Moses. Of course, that was under the old law. They were putting back in place the Word of God, the old law, the law of Moses. He was willing to teach, and he did that. He taught the people. Uh, I mean, he went against them sometimes uh, in things they were doing. And I mean, he really, really dealt with them when they had uh, married those that God had told them not to marry. He said, you can't have them. You've got to send them back. He was teaching them the Word of God. You know, and here, here's the idea I think we ought to have as we would conclude our lesson this morning. When you think about all these things about the heart, the teaching. Now, think about teaching and the heart. When I begin to have real compassion for souls that are lost, when my heart aches because people are lost in sin, then I'm going to try and do something about it. You see, the heart... The heart is the very centering core of an individual. Out of the heart are the issues of life. If we, if we use our hearts the way God uh, has, uh, has indicated we should, you know, things are going to be good with us. Things are going to be fine with us. You know, have we, have we prepared our hearts to seek, to obey, to teach the Word of God? 
I need to be like this man Ezra. And they had some difficult times. Difficult circumstances when they came back out of captivity. There was a lot of work to be done, and there was a need for those who would lead them in that work. Zerubbabel came back first. He put back in place the altar and the temple. Ezra brings the second group back, and he puts back in place the law. Nehemiah brings the third group back, and he puts back in place the walls, the city of Jerusalem. Repopulates the city. Why? Because God made a promise. A promise in the long ago that there would be a great nation, that through that nation would come the Messiah. And it would come from Jerusalem. So therefore, God is putting back in place that which He had promised and what He expects us to be doing with our lives. Seek. Study. Brethren, seek and study. Love it. Obey it. Make it a part of our lives. You know, there's no way that I can be pleasing in the sight of God if I do not have my heart in the work and worship. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to worship in spirit and in truth. What does it mean by truth? Well, we know that's the Word of God. But what about worship in spirit? Worshiping properly from the heart. Following those examples, those commandments that have been given to us in the Word of God. We're going to extend the Lord's invitation at this time. It may be that some of you are here and never obeyed the gospel. Never have you been baptized for the remission of sins. That's the greatest need that an individual has. But then, we sometimes fall away even after we have obeyed the gospel. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. What did Christ say? Except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Luke 13, verse 3 and verse number 5. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.